everyone, welcome back to Japan by River Cruise. I am Bobby Judo. I'm calling in from Fukuoka. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Japan by River Cruise. My name's Ollie Horn, and I'm calling in from a place called Penang. It's great to have you here. We've got a fantastic show lined up.、Uh, in the news, some Japanese and foreign women are raising concerns about sexual objectification and pornification in public spaces, but luckily a bunch of men are around to shout them down. And we'll talk about that. Plus, as always, Ali has your recommended river cruise for the week, right, Ali? Yes, this week's recommendation is another central Tokyo river cruise called the Influencer River Cruise. An unlucky mistake with the English translation of the katakana word influenza meant that the majority of the guests on the maiden voyage were foreigners hoping for their annual flu jabs. More on that story later. Also, you may have heard of how the famous writer Natsume Soseki once said that. I love you can be expressed in Japanese as the moon is beautiful. But later in the show, I'll tell you about the modern wordsmith who contends that, in some contexts, saying, I don't even like river cruises can be a subtly Japanese way to convey that you want a divorce. Spoiler alert, it's my wife. But first, soap talk. <laughs> Hey, Ali, I would like to ask you how your week's been. Thanks, Bobby. Works well for the format. I,、uh, convenient.、I've, It's I, convenient, isn't it? It is rather. I went for a、uh, Diwali party.、Uh, I was invited to a Diwali party because、mm. uh, I'm multicultural and I get invited to things. And、uh, sat down at a table with a group of people that I didn't know. I only knew one person at the party, which was the which was the host, and、uh, a very tall、uh, Dutch man, or I didn't know he was Dutch. Went, oh hey, Ollie. I went, oh hey, and I definitely didn't know this man.、Uh, and he went, it's、yeah. great to see you again. I went, oh okay. He said, yeah. Don't you remember me? I said. Oh, I'm really sorry. Did, have we met before? He said, "Yeah, yeah, you were really rude to me a couple of weeks ago." I said, and then, I, and then he went, "Yeah, yeah, here, here, my girlfriend. You said that I had yellow fever," and I was like,、oh, "Okay, this is a comedy thing then." <laughs> yeah, he's, every, he's an audience member who,、um, yeah, was in the audience for a bit, right?、Uh, yeah, and every once in a while, this happens that、uh, you, you know, that. Reality clashes with、uh, the protection that you get with your onstage persona, and、right. I. Oh, I mean, two, well, two things are at play here. One, obviously, for an audience member that's being picked on by the MC, you're going to remember that that interaction, right? That there's that it's very difficult in three or four weeks to forget what that MC looked like and to forget that experience. But for oh, me, absolutely, lots, yeah. But for me, he's doing lots of shows. Obviously, I'm not going to remember every single interaction I've had. And you've had a similar interaction with lots of people in the crowd. That's like a go-to crowd work bit for you while while touring in Asia, right? Yeah, precisely. And yeah,、uh, I was also also I was hosting a show, so the stakes are a bit lower for me.、Uh, and also, I didn't speak to the chap after the show. Sometimes, if I've spent time talking to someone, I try not to pick on people. Like I really do think that it's better if you can. That the audience member that you speak to in a comedy room goes away feeling like happy that you've spoken to them,、uh, rather than feels like you've you know you've picked on them. But right, no matter what you say, people will feel like they're being picked on or they're being singled out because they are right.、Uh, but I yeah, obviously I ran my yellow fever bit,、um, and it's just convenient just to have a, a white guy with a with an Asian woman sat next to them、uh, to kind of highlight、uh, my point. 
And yeah, and so he didn't seem very cross about it. But he went, yeah, yeah. He went, yeah, yeah. You uh, you accused me of having yellow fever. You were really mean to me. I said, ah. Uh, and and it's just these moments where I just have to, I just have to go. I'm sorry. Like there's there's no there's no other way of of reacting other than going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's my jo- that's my job to did do that. Did he actually reality, take it personally though? No, I, no, I don't think he did. I think he found it funny. And also, I wouldn't have run the bit if I didn't see that they weren't a couple that were laughing and uh, you know were, were were on board with it. And normally, what I'll do is I'll. I'll, um, right. I'll make us if I run that bit I'll make a subtle gesture to that part of the room and kind of let the audience fill in their own punchline and then normally I'll spin it as a positive right and I'll, I'll run a bit about how I think the whole world should be people from different nationalities having sex rather than the same so you know I, I, I never really mean but of course I understand that you're singled out and that's probably that's probably the most um, you know risky bit of crowd work I would I would do because uh, that is kind of based on someone's own personal um choices actually that said right so I, I i was doing this the show in jakarta a few weeks ago and it was the first time that someone has uh attempted well threatened physical violence against me did i talk about this on the podcast but basically i am um, i was due to do my hour show pig in japan and there was no warm-up act so i kind of had to warm the room up myself so i walked on and just did 15 minutes of basically crowd work while more people were filing in uh, and you know, they're trying to find chairs for them. Right. And uh, for some reason, this this one guy sat in the second row on a table full of alcohol, just started heckling in a really hostile way. It wasn't kind of good natured stuff like I was doing. It was he shouted, he shouted like, "So is that you in the photo?" Then there was a big screen with my photo on behind, and he went, "Oh, do, you know, is is that are you wearing the same jacket now? But it doesn't button up." Or you know, he was just 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 trying to be rude for no good reason. I hadn't even like really right spoken. off the bat, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I hadn't spoken to him. And it was one of these things where I was just trying to explain to the audience as well, who didn't really know they're about to see an Edinburgh hour. I was kind of running through the motions of, hey, what you're about to see is a show with a beginning, middle and end. So, you know, don't worry too much. Uh, This isn't the kind of show where I'm going to be picking on you. Just treat this like you're watching a movie. Sit back, relax. Uh, You know, if you want to get a drink, I'd recommend you get so in the first half uh, because there's going to be stuff in the second half you won't want to miss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice because like you're you're there trying to set the tone. And he was like, I am also going to make it clear that I'd like to set the tone that I'm going to be a dick for this. Yeah. Exactly, and it was it was just so out of the blue and so unwelcome, and I and I just said, "What are you hope?" I just said to him, "What are you hoping to get out of this?" And I, I just shouted something else out, and so and so what I did was I used a, you know, an old comedy trick. I just went, "Dad, you've got to stop doing this," uh, to get yeah, a laugh, yeah. right? And uh, and I and then I just kind of went on this that's, little flight. That's of really a standard crowd work thing where somebody heckles and you go. Oh come on, mom! Or oh come on, dad! Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, yeah, and it's yeah. it's easy and it gets it gets a laugh, and <laughs> and he uh, uh, and so he, he didn't really find that very funny. I said, you know, so my dad he comes out here to Indonesia three years ago, uh, claiming that he's he he's here to retire. But we all know that's just a euphemism for to die. He's here on his third Indonesian wife, and look, I get on with all of them, but it is getting a bit much. And I was just kind of running this you know little story right, uh, just to to get some laughs. And he shouted, that's my wife you're talking about. I said, I wasn't actually talking about your wife. I didn't know you had a wife. (laughs) He said... Uh, and it's, he, so he said, like that- in the fictionalized version of the crowd work you're doing where I am your dad, you are talking about my wife. Yeah, exactly. And then he goes, that's, that's my Indonesian wife and she's my first wife, right? And and so I just paused and I went, well, if I had a if I had a wife, I probably wouldn't call her my first wife. I'd just call her my wife. 
and that then, that then got a big laugh and uh, it made him really, really cross. And so for the rest of the show, he was super agita- agitated. It didn't work really to pacify him. He didn't say anything else because he knew that it wasn't going to work out well for him because we had one or two other kind of back and forths, which I, you know, without wanting to use combative language, because I don't yeah. think comedy is a competitive sport. I won, but that is to say, you know, all, the odds <laughs> which were, all the odds which were stacked against him uh, didn't work out. Anyway, then it got to the, you know, then the, he just sat in silence for the rest of the show, laughing at some bits, but kind of getting up and down to the bar, not really engaging with the show. And then at the end, while people were filing out, he came up to him, kind of grabbed my arm, and he said, you listen to me. It's fair enough to make fun of me, but you do not make fun of my wife. I said, I, I really wasn't making fun of your wife. I, I didn't know you had a wife. Uh, and I was just talking about a wife in the abstract. He said, don't you give me in the abstract. <laughs> that's, that's a stock. He said, you need to be really careful, son. And then he kind of gripped my arm tighter. I said, are you threatening me? Okay, so he's playing into the father-son role, role play thing as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was re- he was really getting into it. Uh, have, I, have I let you down, dad? <laughs> and, 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 and he said, you're making, you're making fun of me having an Indonesian wife. I said, I absolutely wasn't. I didn't know you had a wife. I was just, I was just making a joke. And I said, I'm sorry if your marriage is, is that fragile that a joke undermines it. And at this point, he realized that his kind of physical threats weren't going to work. I was a bit taller than him and he was kind of surrounded by other people that were on his side. Also, yeah. he, he didn't have any, any of the room weren't it, on his side, right? The moment... I kind of made a joke that put him down. That was getting big applause. He felt quite isolated. And uh, as people were leaving, people were saying to me, oh, don't worry about that, that man. He's, he's a known prick kind of thing. And anyway, as, as, as he, I said, why don't you take your hand off my arm? I understand the show wasn't for you. But you can leave. He said, yeah, well, it, the whole thing wasn't that funny anyway. I said, there's a good chance you might be right. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, it's it is it is funny, isn't it? That occasionally, uh, you know, reality reality does bite, and you meet people that you've done a show to, and you have to, and you don't have all the protections of the fact that you're in a comedy club, and you still kind of have that adrenaline and persona. Quick bit of uh, housekeeping, real quick. Uh, today, while we were prepping for this, Ali said uh, he had a real short soap talk, so I should have something lined up as well. And as we stand now, uh, we've finished a third of the show. Uh, also, if you are interested in picking up uh, tickets for the JBRC live talk show circuit that we're planning, uh, you can go ahead and contact our ticket seller, uh, Teresa Pangali Elimelt. You can find her contact info <laughs> on Facebook. And uh, we do have we do have some mail uh, mail from the original. Bobby, you have to explain this. <laughs> you have to explain this. I mean, the Bryans know what it's about. <laughs> uh. So basically, uh, the the story goes that Bobby uh, got approached on Facebook to buy some tickets for a show in Tokyo that he was in. For my own show, for my own show that was, that had, it was two weeks ago, okay? It was so so clearly a scammer, but Bobby managed to to string this scammer along for the most epic, poetic, beautiful love story that I have ever written. For four days, it was... It was uh, fantastic. It. If you'd like to check it out, you could check it out on Facebook. I'll also probably throw it up on Twitter in the next couple of days. Uh, my Twitter is just at Bobby Judo. But uh, if you would like tickets for any events at all, uh, past, present, or future, please feel free to contact <laughs> this person uh, and ask for they seem to have tickets. them. What, what was yeah. great was it started off saying, I've got two tickets for sale, and then you managed to persuade them to sell you 10 tickets. Oh, yeah. They, they don't flinch. Right off the bat, I got them up to eight, and then and then when they said my payment didn't go through, I said, "Oh, good, because actually I need ten. 
And then, and then when they told me that they couldn't sell me the tickets for last week, but they could sell me tickets for an invented show in mid-November, I was like, oh man, my friend Alex is going to be really bummed. He was looking forward to going last week. Um, but <laughs> one of my personal it highlights was, was, it was the, a lot the, of fun. the times when you start to flirt with each other. It's clearly a bloke, right? It's obviously a man doing this because oh, it's got to be no a dude. Woman, yeah, no, no woman gets that uh, aggressive. And uh, so one of the best moments is when they make their first attempt at flirting with you, where they go, "Lol, you're funny at times. I kind of like the way you talk," uh, which only serves as fuel for your fire when when uh, oh. you get suspicious that all of their PayPal accounts have different names, and you're like using all yeah. these names. What's your full name and they go oh my name is pangali elimeld teresa teresa and you pangali elimeld yeah and you respond with jesus that's so pretty uh, it's just great <laughs> check out bobby's facebook yeah if you'd like to check it out there's some great screenshots and, and some pretty funny stuff in there but um but let's look at our mail from the original brian brian he writes uh this message is brought to you by the japanese association of tanning salons for foreign transgender bodybuilders and he says, please tell the fake Brian that no one cares about rugby anymore because Japan lost. Oh, and that he misspelled the second rugby. So um, from from Ali and I, I just want to say congratulations, Brian, Brian, you win the podcast this week. And now it's time for the news. Bobby, what's in the news this week? Okay, so uh, I've been doing social justice on Twitter again. Good oh, times. Thanks, ma'am. Yeah, somebody's got to do it, you know. Um, uh, there's a, a couple of, of related stories that I've been following on Twitter and kind of chiming in here and there uh, about uh, over-sexualized uh, and pornified artwork. Um, one is that the Japanese Red Cross has put up this, this animation drawing of... Uh, this drawing of their character Uzaki-chan, and um, it's it's a very the idea is to kind of get people in to give blood, um, but it garnered all of this negative attention like right off the bat because it's this kind of like she's dressed like a waitress, she's carrying a tray, and she's got enormous breasts that are thrust out. Her mouth is wide open, and she's in this very very porny posed position. And this is uh, on a poster that's up in public spaces for you know trying to get people to come in and, and donate blood. And a handful of Japanese women, a handful of foreign women in Japan, it started with Japanese women saying that this constitutes a form of sexual harassment. And even in the West, kind of like creating a sexually uncomfortable environment for a certain person or for a certain gender or for a certain sexuality constitutes sexual harassment, right? So this sexually objectified female character on this poster people are saying that this is environmental sexual harassment and a handful of japanese women started tweeting about this and then a handful of foreign women in japan started translating and it's not just women there's a, a an account moderated by a guy too who was translating kind of what these women were saying into english and there's been this huge kind of like Japanese right-wing plus foreign otaku guys who who love it's all male but it's like guys who love Japan and Japanese anime who've all of a sudden jumped in on this and, and said it's not sexual harassment it's not objectifying women it's not sexualized it's just a drawing this and that 
Right. So let, let's let's break this down. The photograph, uh, or rather the 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 illustration, the manga. Uh, does depict uh, a lady looking... uh, She's kind of doing that, like, face-flustered thing where she has four fingers that are kind of splayed out, fanning her face, like, ooh, like that. Yeah, and she's got the flushed cheeks. Yeah, and so this... Obviously, this poster would be better served uh, for another medical purpose, like like breast screening. Um, (sighs) And I think... So let's start by first principles. Firstly, anything that gets people to donate blood is good, right? Because more blood needs to be donated. But there are obviously limits, right? So we can't get people to donate blood um, against their will, for example. So like that's that's one limit we draw. And what this debate is is about is do we draw one limit as uh, a sexualized poster, even if it works to get people to to to, to um, donate blood. Well, there's no there's no disagreement that sex sells, but the the debate here is whether or not it's appropriate in a public space. I mean, I think they are targeting a certain kind of clientele, and the Red Cross itself has has stated that they don't consider this sexual harassment, and that it has led to an increase in blood donations. But at the same time, like anybody who's arguing that this is not sexually objectifying women and contributing to an environment of sexually ob- objectifying women is just trolling. They're just being like deliberately obtuse because so these are not naturally portrayed big breasts. And this is not it's like that superhero thing where, you know, they draw female superheroes with bodies that wouldn't hold their internal organs and like off balance so they wouldn't be able to stand up and walk around. This is clearly a porn pose. Yeah, they're eye-catching. Also, the breasts are like the most, like, they're the, the biggest, <laughs> they're the biggest thing on the, on the page. So <laughs> they, <laughs> I, I actually, and they're dead center. And I, I actually saw a Japanese woman replying to a Japanese man who was saying, this is, you're discriminating against people with big breasts. And this was a Japanese woman writing in Japanese that women with big breasts do not stand like this. Breasts don't hang like that. They don't wear clothes like this. This is ridiculous. Uh, well, and also maybe it was looking to kind of appeal to like the kind of otaku, these hikikomori guys that are into uh-huh. this kind of thing. And maybe this is a good reason for them to leave the house for the first time. So that's funny because one of uh, one of the Twitter users has given up a, a theory to why they're doing this and why this has led to increased blood donations. It's because specifically it's popular with anime otaku. And one of the conditions for you to be able to donate blood is that you have not had unprotected sex in the last six months. And so they're using these like over-sexualized figures to appeal to guys who don't have sex because they're safe to take blood from. You're also not not allowed to have gone abroad either. Because I remember when I was... um... At, a, at my university campus. So for newer listeners to the podcast, I spent my first two and a bit years in Japan uh, at Kyushu University on a postgrad research program, uh, all doing very intelligent stuff, might I add. And uh, there Super was a big smart. red cross. Holly's very smart. Th- thank you. And uh, yeah, there was a big van um, inside of, uh, sorry, in front of the cafeteria saying, come and donate your blood. And I thought, great idea. This is the kind of thing that I should do, you know, contribute to Japanese society. And uh, before I could even get close to the van, I got the, you know, the Japanese 
like katakana version for no, right? In Dave Guttridge's words, right, the, right. The, the, the guys from the Red Cross were giving me a nice big cross with their arms uh, to say, "Do not come close." And right. so I obviously approached, and I said, "They said, ah, sorry, no, no, no foreigners." I said, "Oh, but." Like, I think I, I meet the conditions, right? Because, like, I hadn't been abroad for six months, certainly hadn't had sex with a new partner within six months. Uh, and, you know, there were three you or four. You don't need to qualify to... it. You can just say you didn't have sex for six months. Uh, you need to be, you know, generally uh, healthy. Well, au contraire, Bobby, as, as you revealed on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, I did find a girlfriend uh, incredibly quickly after having moved to Japan. Um, and maybe one day on this podcast, I'll tell the story of how that ended. Uh, by the way, I have, uh, <laughs> there's a story I'm not going to tell you uh, on the on, on the podcast. Uh, but I went uh, on a date with someone who listened to the podcast, and I realised I've got to be careful what I say because people can do due diligence on me based on, based on what is they what can, is said on this they podcast. They can. It's it's public record. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, so yeah, anyway, and so they just said, yeah, no, uh, we, we can't accept your blood because uh, like foreign blood is generally different and it often uh, can't be used. It's discarded. Um, and I was like, right, okay. So what does that mean for me if I need blood, right? Because <laughs> like, surely right, if, I right. go to a hosp- if I go to a hospital and I need blood, then surely I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, so so I, I said, I was like, can I just give you some of my blood for me? You just hold on to it for just me in, in case, case I need it. Just, just mark yeah. it. Uh. Type O for Ollie and leave it there. <laughs> they, they didn't. Or, or kind of G for Gaijin. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> what's your blood type? G. Uh, it, totally, totally incompatible with the Japanese. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't see the funny side. So I thought it was quite, quite sad that I couldn't give blood because in the UK, when you give blood, you get uh, unlimited free biscuits. Huh. For the for the duration that you're giving blood, this <laughs> is not just like a subscription. Uh, so, so what so, was the conclusion, the conclusion of this story? Well, so let's link it to the next story because this is a very closely related one. One of the things that, that it's made me think about um, is not only kind of like the objectification of women in in media and the public space in Japan, but also, I mean, you know how foreigners tend to come over here and get really surprised when they go in the convenience store and they see all the porn magazines just like out where anybody can see them, usually like at the eye level of children. It is absolutely absurd, isn't it? And and also, what's what's yeah. funny is like, like obviously some of them are, are sealed all the way around, so you can't open them. But I've seen blokes just like what's it called, tachiyomi, right? Tachiyomi, where, where people yeah. just standing people and just reading read magazines. Tatsu means yeah, to stand, just... yoma means to read, so they're just standing in the convenience store and reading magazines. There's also another word which is tachinomu, which is or tachinomi bar, which is a tachinomi, bar where you stand yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. And tachi yes, gooey, the, standing and eating. Uh, what else is there? Tachi, uh, tachi feta. And what? I just just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> it would require an extremely tall partner. Thank you. And all six foot two inches of me, baby. Six foot two inches. Those are two separate measurements, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Classy, classy, and, classy stuff. But anyway, yeah, so so non-Japanese people will often be surprised when they go in and see, like, these very explicit covers of porn magazines, even if you can't open them up. And, as you mentioned, like, guys standing there breaking the seal and reading them in the stores. Uh, but this takes it to another level because uh, this is about the cover of the magazine Shonen Jump, which adults read, but it's for 
younger people. It's for teenagers, What's it about? It's for kids. Uh, it, it's a manga comp- compilation magazine. And usually they'll have like a cute girl in a bikini or something on the cover. But it's a compilation of a bunch of different kinds of manga stories and they're serial. So like every month, a different one comes out and it'll have the continuation of like, I don't know, like 15, 20 different manga stories. Uh, One Piece was originally published in Shonen Jump, a lot of things like that. And the most Shonen Jump mean? Shonen means young man, and then jump just means jump. It's just young man jump is the title of it. So the most recent one, I guess, and I don't know, I don't read manga, I don't read Shonen Jump, but uh, apparently this is a serialized manga that is about a 15-year-old girl. I think her name is Yuna-chan. And the cover, she's floating in the water of an onsen and is completely naked. And this is the cover of the magazine. She's floating in the water in the onsen. She's completely naked. And her breasts are coming up out of the water. Also huge. She's also kind of posed in a very pornified pose. Do breasts float? Uh, yours do, don't they? <laughs> so since they're not supposed to show uh, genitalia and they're not supposed to show nipples, what they've done is they've, they've done this artwork so that in the place where nipples should be, there's glare. There's like light and glare. And it obscures where the nipples should be. And I don't know if you've ever looked through like any of these compilation magazines, but a lot of the ones that are aimed at slightly older people uh, have, like, not explicitly, but have like pornographic stories or sex scenes in them. And the way they get around not being able to show genitalia because of their obscenity laws is to have like a phallic shape that's just whited out. So, so if. If a woman's going down on somebody or if a guy is having sex or if he's exposed or whatever, it's just a black and white drawing and then like a cylindrical white spot where where his junk would be. I mean, to be honest, I've never really uh, I've never really uh, wanted to read erotica in Japanese because my Japanese literacy is just not good enough. It just takes me too long. So it'd be like watching porn on a 56K modem. Just take too long. So what they've done here is they put glare over the spots where her nipples would be, so it's just whited out. Except they've done something tricky because on the page behind the cover, on the back of this cover, is uh, a manga illustration of a bunch of girls going to eat or to drink tapioca, I guess. And so they have tapioca pearls positioned in such a way on the back page that they're these inked in in red pink tapioca pearls that if you hold the magazine cover up to the light or put a light on it you can see the drawing on the other side and the tapioca pearls are positioned in just such a way that they show through as nipples and it's hilarious <laughs> That's to me a lo- that they've done a lot this. of a lot of ingenuity isn't it it's lo- it's lunacy it's ridiculous and it's so much work because it's not just that those parts that show through the whole parts show through so you can also see like in the middle of this this woman like right right in her belly button there's a picture of a girl like eating and yelling something and then the tapioca <laughs> pearls that they've drawn on the back there are four of them so yes two show up in the place of nipples but one shows up right in the middle of her sternum <laughs> and like it's just so it looks like she's jumbled. got a mole that needs removing. And it reminds me, like you said, 56K modem, it reminds me of when I was a teenager and we had a cable box and we didn't have the Playboy channel unlocked, so it would come through all scrambled. But every once in a while, in like one of the little bars, you could see something sexual. 
And it's like, this is the level of desperation of the people that they are pandering to with this. Like, like these guys are going to look directly at the nipples and ignore the weird growth in the middle of her chest and on her chin <laughs> and like the text yeah. block through her nose. But it is, it's the cover of a magazine for kids. And the fact that they did this deliberately, it's so desperate and sensational and also contributes to this environment of objectification of women. And so there's this uh, woman who I recently started following on Twitter, Sachiko Ishikawa, and she's half German, half Japanese, raised in Barcelona, but speaks Japanese and is moved here now and, and lives here with her Japanese husband and does her whole life in Japanese. And she was instrumental in starting to translate again. She raised her own concerns. She started like highlighting Japanese Twitter users' concerns about this and was instantly jumped on by all of these incels, like all of these, these Nichan, 4chan, right-wing crazy guys, mostly foreigners, who are A, criticizing her right to discuss Japan because she's not authentically Japanese, and also jumping through all these hoops to try to defend this basically pornographic picture on the cover of a kid's magazine just on that authentically japanese thing uh, yeah that f there might be some listeners that don't quite realize one her being like her genetics only being half japanese is enough of a hurdle but the fact that she's lived abroad for a long period of time itself would also be enough for japanese people to discount her opinion as being somewhat impurified right. and westernized and i don't mean right. this in a sensational way i know people that have uh, that work on the in the HR department of uh, very very large Japanese firms, who put it as a minus point on a candidate's uh, application if they spent more than one year abroad, because one year abroad is enough for them to kind of open their eyes and maybe learn a bit of English. But if they spent longer than that abroad, then there's a chance that they might have become fully Westernized uh, and infected. Uh, I think you mean infected. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> but it's just ridiculous to me. Um, uh, so I think her her objection, which I agree with wholeheartedly, is that uh, it portrays women as objects. It's just this, and and there's also, so this much is a child. By the way, on the cover, this isn't this isn't a woman, is it? It's a child. no. She's supposed to be actually, the character is fifteen, and it's not actually a character. It's it's a ghost as well, from what I understand. It's not even a. The, the oh, so it's a dead child. A ghost. Okay, it's a dead, dead child. child. So good. So what they've good, done good, is they put nipples on a dead child. Yeah. In, in order for young people to get get aroused by it. So one of the arguments that I find hilarious from the people who are defending this is that there's actually too much sexual repression in Japan, which I'm not saying is not true, but their argument is that this is something that will alleviate sexual repression and it counts as a form of sex education, which is just like ridiculous because it has nothing to do with actual sex or actual sexuality at all. It's this unreality of a woman as an object, as a sexual object. And like the idea that consuming that kind of media doesn't affect your behavior is just crazy to me. I actually, I think there is a certain element of Japanese culture that has a healthier attitude towards sex as opposed to like the Judeo-Christian sex is something to be ashamed of or something dirty. Um, but but there, then there are people who are trying to argue that this is more akin to like a European sensibility where nudity is not something to be ashamed of or sex is acknowledged as something that happens and you don't have to hide nudity or sexuality from children. And 
I I think that that sensibility is a healthier sensibility, but that's not what this is at all. Like that is not what this is. This is raunchy and it's it's commodified, it's pornified and it's there's a big thing even in even in, you know, children's animation like One Piece. It's unrealistic proportions for women. Uh, it's hypersexualized bodies, even in things like Doraemon or like stuff like that. There's, you know, a sense of naughtiness, but whimsical naughtiness around things like, you know, looking up a woman's skirt or snapping her bra or walking in on somebody in the bathroom. And the point that these women who I are objecting... I would say that's naughty. I'd say that's illegal. Oh, it's totally illegal. And the point that they're making is that it normalizes this behavior. And there are all of these guys jumping over all over and saying, no, it's not. Don't impose your Western morality on Japan. It's a different culture. It's a cultural thing. And it's like, it's a culture of sexual harassment. I think that there is a place for pornography. I think that there is a place for sexual expression. But I think that definitely... There are consequences to the kind of pornographic media that you consume affects your behavior. I think that if you're going to put your foot down and say we're entitled to our porn-posed, sexually objectified blood drive mascot, and you think it's okay to have that, then go ahead and have it. But, you know, accept the consequences of it. So then uh, I think you should have the blood taken directly from where it is in your dick.